This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. So we're still in the month of September and we do the topic more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And mm. Frederick and I just thought it's such an important thing to remind ourselves because especially for many people struggling with addictions, it doesn't feel like a lot like we are more than conquerors. But it's not only over addiction, Suki. It's over any challenges that we face, uh, illnesses and mm. diseases and relationships. Mm. Um, in all of those things, we can be more than conquerors. And it's such a privilege for me to have our following guest with us, Susan mm. Jane Block, and uh, for her to share her stories of how she overcame and was victorious over many challenges wow. and in her life. And boy, isn't she a conqueror. Oh, Man, yes. like a, a, I think a seven-time suicide survivor and all sorts of things. But let's welcome you, Susan. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it, and I'm very happy to be here mm. and um, to be able to give this testimony. Wonderful. Yeah. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what I just said, about uh, because on the phone you told me uh, so many times uh, suicide survivor, so many times cancer survivor. So tell us about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm very happy to... Um, Yes, I, I'll just go back a little bit mm, um, sure. into into my life. Um, I was a very young girl when I started um, feeling body shame. Mm. Um, I'm not sure where it does stem from, but um, it is the root of all my addiction. Mm. Um, stems from um, body shame. And mm. mm. um, from that, it developed almost into a body morphic disorder. Mm. Um, I never quite fit in. Um, I was chatting to my dad and he said to me, you're a very old-fashioned girl who loved old-fashioned clothing. Mm. So I dressed very differently. My mother made my beautiful clothes. So I always kind of walked to the beat of my own drum, if you Mm. you know what I mean. Mm. Um, But through that, I was extremely shy, Mm. very awkward. And the, the the very big change in my life happened in my matric year uh, when a friend of mine committed suicide. Ooh, yeah. um, it really derailed my life, increased my anxiety, my stress, the um, never feeling like I fit into my body. Um, and from there, I obviously went into my later life. Um, the life I didn't expect. Uh, it wasn't the life I'd planned for. Hmm. Wow. And so but, what started happening um, there? Um, I was going to study uh, political journalism. Hmm. Um, I'd wanted that also from very young. I had the calling on my life then. Um, I used to say, people used to ask me why I wanted to do that. And I said, I want to tell the truth. Hmm. So that was so very important from to you. then, well, absolutely, yes. And I, I, I always seek to find the truth in my life. Mm. Um, and that, I think, Susan Jane, is why you are where you are now. Hey, 
because it's a it's a deep important um, uh, characteristic value, value, value to you. find the truth. Mm. And I, you know, imagine if it wasn't so important to you, you might have never really found the deep truth and the the healing truth that you've been able to to walk with in your life. Mm. Mm. And and yeah. You know, um, as you were sharing, Susan Jane, is that um, yes. your friend's suicide, um, there were some major changes in your life. But I can totally imagine that because that is traumatic, you know, especially mm. if you're actually still quite young and uh, still busy f- figuring out what you are and what you what you need to do in life. Um so there must have been very intense emotions. Mm, uh, trauma. Did, yeah, the trauma emotions that gone with that. Was there any guidance for you of about how to deal with these traumas? And did you go for some form of counseling uh, just to help you through that time? Um, unfortunately, um, I can say that there wasn't adequate counseling at Mm. the school I was at for Mm. that or for any of us involved. I was actually the last person to see her alive. Um, So that I was interrogated by the police and Mm. my desk was searched. It was very, very, as you said, traumatic. Um, From there, um, being the shy, awkward girl I was, um, the teacher started to see a change in me, mm. um, a withdrawal. Mm. They called my mother in. Um, the headmaster spoke to my mother and I, and they basically were, thought I was a suicide threat then. Wow. Sure. Mm. Um, what happened then, and I know the Lord was working in my life, is there was a school chaplain, and the, the headmaster arranged that every break, I would go and sit with the school chaplain. Mm. Mm. And he he helped me and guided me through that year mm. because at the end of that year, another friend of mine was killed in a most bike accident. Oh, wow. And mm. then just as we left school in the December holidays, another friend of mine was killed in a most bike accident. Oh. Wow. So it had an incredible effect on my mm. life. I... I'm surprised I passed my trick. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so was, it three, was it three went, deaths just in matric? Yes, it was. Wow. Very, very difficult. So yeah. it, it, it really did have an enormous impact on my life. Mm. 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 And when did you um, start? Going, mm? Sorry, yes. It's no problem, actually. But when did you start displaying addictive behavior? Because it's such a subtle process, of, mm-hmm. you know. So is that when it started happening or was it later? Sorry, what starts happening? Addictive, addictive patterns when you started with... Um, uh, yes, it did. Um, I, I have OCD. Mm. Um, I tried to be perfect for everybody mm. around mm. me. Um, I wanted to be invisible. Mm. Mm. I wanted to just disappear. Wow. Um, so the shyness and that awkwardness um, carried on. I then met my ex-husband. I just turned 18. Mm. Um, I was 17 when I finished school, so I just turned 18. And um, also, again, never quite fit into any circle. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, I was very, very conscious mm. um, that I felt too big. Mm. Um, I didn't quite fit into my body. Um, I rejected my body. So mm. then there was a separation of soul, spirit, mm. and body. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. And, and mm. um, you know, from there, I, um, that was obviously the addiction. My um, choice of tablet addiction was Belkalax. Uh, mm. Um, throughout my life and obviously that had consequences on my body mm. at my worst stage I was taking 30 a day mm. can you just day. explain to us what tablet is it for people that maybe don't know I myself don't know um, Dalkalax is a um, if you have constipation oh, um, right, right so you purged you take that mm. so and I developed a phobia obviously about what comes out mm. um, taking those tablets so uh, it, it was a very horrible situation mm. Mm. then just moving on I um, side effects are depression unworthiness rejection mm. uh, there was bitterness mm. uh, there was unforgiveness mm. Mm. Um, all of those things went hand in hand mm. How so old were you when I was this very, happened? Um, was that this was probably between the ages of eighteen and oh. into my early twenties? Okay, so mm. it was shortly after matric, or probably yes, in it, yeah, yes. that's when it started. Yes, uh, it was mm, escalating. Mm? Um, I felt like I disappointed everybody around me as well mm. um, because of I hadn't been able to move forward in my life or resolve those issues. So mm. then I, I think I was in my early 20s when I tried to commit suicide the first time. As mm. you said, I'm a seven-time suicide survivor. Wow. Um, the Lord has truly, truly had his hand on my life. Mm. Mm. And I went through then as well a miscarriage. Um, I lost my baby, mm. um, which I blamed myself for. Mm. Um, so that was also very unresolved. Um, I then had my son, um, and then I had been told after my son that I'd never have any other children. Mm. I couldn't take any um, birth control because I was allergic. I'm highly allergic to a lot of things, mm. um, as you will hear going forward. Um, and two years later, my daughter, I was told I was pregnant. Mm. <laughs> so she's a miracle wow. baby. Wow. Yes, she's my little miracle. Mm. Um, she was born very prim, seven and a half weeks prim. Mm. Um, but she made a full recovery, and she's a beautiful, awesome young lady today. Wow. Mm. Um, yeah, and going forward, I was still such a broken young woman. I was introduced to alcohol, mm. and somebody said to me, um, because I was so shy, uh, they said, drink alcohol because it will give you confidence, mm. which it did. Um, but unfortunately, also when I drank, um, it, the root of the problem was obviously anorexia coming forward, and these are other little things that came into it. Mm. Um, everything that I bottled up inside would spill out. Mm. Mm. 
um, thank which you was s- not healthy. Yeah, mm. thank you so much, Susan Jane. You know, we're we're at the point where we need to take a break, so let's catch up again uh, from where you left off after the break. Thank you very much. Welcome back, listeners. So before the break, Susan, you said something that was very interesting. You said you just wanted to disappear. And um, and then you started talking about your suicide attempts. So I can't, you know, that's really a perfect link between to make yourself disappear. And you said that you're a seven-time suicide survivor. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, of course. Thank you. And thank you for having me back. Um, with the disappearing, it, you know, a, a, a lot of... Um, information out there on suicide is it's an incredibly selfish thing and you hurt the ones you love. Yes, you do. Mm, um, you do hurt people in doing it. Mm. But the disappearing is I didn't think that I was good enough mm. to live on this earth. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you I for didn't sharing. think I was worthy. Mm. I thought I was an abomination. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think so that, many times people would judge people that had committed suicide. So thank you so much for sharing that because it just helps us to understand a little bit more about the turmoil and the thinking that goes that goes into that. You're welcome. Um, it, it definitely is um, in in that moment when you are doing it. I was asking God to take me home. Mm. I wanted to go home to my father. Mm. So life became too much for you. You just couldn't couldn't endure it any longer, hey? I couldn't endure the chaos that was around me. Mm. I couldn't endure the hurt people around me. I couldn't endure the situation I was in. Mm. It overwhelmed me. And mm. it must have been incredibly hard for you to wake up six times or seven times and you didn't die. <laughs> you actually wake up very angry. Mm. Mm. Very, very angry. Mm. Mm. And then what happened after the seventh time? Is there anything that happened that made it different from then onwards? Yes. Can you tell us? I, um, it was during lockdown, um, my son and I had been starving. Mm. Um, so that also the bringing the anorexia again, mm. um, I was already extremely thin and then we were literally starving. And, Do you mean you um, couldn't buy food? Is that what you mean? Because you couldn't? Yes. Or, okay. No, we had nothing. Mm. I had sold my car mm. and we had nothing. We didn't have electricity. Wow. Um, there was a problem with our geezer. We were nearly homeless. And there was a mm. problem with that. Mm. Um, and I was watching my son starve. Mm. And I remember it. I'd had a little bit to drink, which was not great. Mm. I had just got a prescription of tablets Mm. and um, I was just looking at my son and I just thought it would be so much better if I wasn't here Mm. um, because he'd get so much more. Um, I didn't have any communication with my family because of of circumstances and situations of my my life. Mm. Uh, where I had really deeply hurt them and I had been hurt. 
not great behavior at all. Mm. But um, I'd got to that point and I was in, I just felt so alone and I couldn't bear to watch him struggling. Mm. Mm. And it just, I just said, Lord, please take me home. I just, just take me home. Mm. And I took 87 of the tablets. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, soon after I'd taken them, I don't remember what happened. We had people who lived down the road. My son phoned them. They got me to the hospital. And um, from there, I um, met a lady who was in the bed next to me who gave me scripture. Mm. An old school friend, out the blue, I hadn't spoken to for 30 years, sent me a message and said, hi, how are you? Mm. And he was a Christian and his family had been missionaries. He started talking to me about Christ. The doctor said to me, there's only one psychiatrist I want you to see. We're putting you into um, a facility um, and met her. She was a Christian. We Mm. talked about God. And from there, I got to the root of my addiction Mm. and to accept that anorexia is an addiction. Absolutely. Mm. It's a process addiction. We'll talk more about it in the next program. Mm? Uh, 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 Absolutely, yes. And mm. so from there, that, that was the last time I tried. And the Lord really, really came in and gave me a period of grace. Mm. He truly did. Mm. Um, before that, um, the sixth time I had, <laughs> no, it was about the fifth or sixth time, mm. um, I had been going through a divorce um, and I developed breast cancer. Wow. Um, I had to have a double mastectomy. Then mm. about nine months later, I had it again. And about eight months later, again. So what do you mean again? Because you couldn't have a mistake-to-me again. You just mean you had no, breast, I got breast a cancer. Tumor. I a got tumor a tumor again. Mm. In, in spite of the fact that you had a mistake-to-me? Because I thought if yes. you had a mistake-to-me, you can't have a tumor any longer. I did. I, I got wow. it twice more. Wow. Mm. Um, it was quite an incredible thing because I didn't have any treatments. I didn't have, um, I declined radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have chemotherapy. I came up negative for any cancer blockers or anything like that. Mm. So I've had no treatment for cancer bar the double mastectomy and the two operations to move the cancerous tumors. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then, then you were healed after that? I was healed after that. Wow, that's incredible. The, so the psychiatrist who sort of headed up, he's a specialist psychiatrist, who, who headed up all the doctors who were there, um, and oncologists and um, pathologists who were all involved. He was a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I can see, I can so see uh, God's pursuing you, hey, through mm. all the professional people, through all the people that He put you in contact with. Yeah. So, Absolutely, yes. So, Absolutely, yes. I, I see there was a shift in your relationship with God the Father, Jesus, and the Spirit. So at which stage stage was there that shift, and what actually happened to draw you closer to God? Um, it is so beautiful. Um, I tell you, it is a joy I walk with every day, mm. just knowing Him. I knew God, mm. um, and I had people around me, and 
throughout everything. I've been in two abusive relationships after my marriage, accepting what um, the what I thought I deserved. Mm-hmm. He was even there then. So what happened was after um, lockdown and I in the clinic and that I moved to the Strand, mm. and I literally was in six months of being totally alone. Mm. I had nobody. Mm. Um, I had one friend. She she's literally stood by me through everything. She's immovable. She's a Christian. She just kept speaking. She just she was there, put there when Jesus was pursuing me. Mm. <laughs> mm. Right. She used to call me the runaway bride. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I was on the beach the one morning early at six o'clock, and I uh, said to the Lord, "I don't know. Um, I'd got to know Jesus." Um, I got to know the Holy Spirit and I was trying to accept how much he loves me. Mm. Um, I, I found it very difficult mm-hmm. to accept mm-hmm. that God loves me yes. eternally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I still go through spiritual counseling once a week mm-hmm. where it's reaffirmed to me that he is immovable on his love for me. Mm. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit came in when I was baptized on the beach. Wow. Wow. A church walked onto the beach at six o'clock in the morning and they were doing baptisms. Mm. Mm. And I Mm. said to the Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, baptism. And I was baptized. Wow. So it was out of the blue, not something you planned. No, definitely unplanned. Wow. And um, I got involved with the church here, and they were absolutely amazing to me. And the Lord just started to strengthen me in him. He he started to show himself to me. I started to see the word as living. Yes. Mm. And he started to take me through the word, Mm. and it started to jump out at me off the page almost yeah, yeah. and um, it was like I'd never read it before mm, oh, mm. the living word yeah the living word it lives mm, mm, he lives in the word mm, mm, becomes alive through the Holy Spirit Absolutely. Wow, what a beautiful story yeah it, mm. it reminds me as you were sharing um, of the scripture that we mentioned in our first program this month, and that is Romans 8, starting in the middle of 37. And it says, um, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him mm. who loves us. For I am convinced that there is neither death, mm. suicide attempts, no life. That's Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> That's my addition. Yeah. That's my addition. Uh-huh. Um, no life, no angels, no demons, neither the pers- the present nor the future, or any power, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, Frederick, what an appropriate way to finish off this program because mm. it is time to go now. And that's exactly what we can see, right, Susan? Through your life. Absolutely. And I just want to say I've survived COVID twice mm. with a major lung operation, just to add to this. Mm. And that verse that you have just read 
The passage I've been given over and over again from the Lord is mm. Romans 8. Wow. The so whole of Romans 8. That was and the Lord thing. 28. Yeah. <laughs> also, 28, so, wow. I, I think 28 is that everything will work out for the good. Am I right? Absolutely, yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, this is the end of our program, but listeners, come back. She's going to tell us more because as you can hear, there's a lot more we need to hear. And next time, next week, she's going to tell us a lot more about the anorexia and the process of anorexia and how the Lord had helped her also to move away from that towards healing and restoration in him. Mm. Much love to you, listeners. We'll see you again next time. And remember the podcasts? Yes, find the podcasts on kpulpit.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash into me see so if you find if you found this interesting and valuable for yourself you're welcome to download it or forward the link to friends and families that are suffering uh, from the same things that susan uh, susan jane was sharing with us mm, um, yes so we'll speak to you again next time god bless this insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.